well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you've uh, joined the program today. On the uh, show, we're going to be talking about the uh, attempted arrest and ultimately the uh, shooting of Michael Forrest Reinhold uh, outside of Lacey, Washington on Thursday night. This is the uh, man suspected of the uh, murder of Aaron J. Danielson in Portland, Oregon last weekend. I, I guess maybe more than a suspect. He uh, had acknowledged shooting Danielson uh, on the uh, streets of Portland in an interview with Vice News that aired shortly before his death. Uh, but he claimed that he was acting in self-defense, uh, just like Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we're, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that comparison between the uh, two cases here in a, a moment or two. Uh, but let's tell you, first of all, what we do know right now, there's still a lot of information that has yet to come out. Um, but we do know that a Multnomah County judge authorized a warrant for Reynolds' arrest on Thursday on murder charges uh, just before 7 p.m. Pacific time. Members of the Pacific Northwest Violent Offender Task Force attempted to serve that warrant on Reinhold at a location outside of Lacey, Washington, about two hours away from Portland. Uh, according to officials, they confronted Ryan Hull as he was trying to get into a vehicle. Uh, that is when the shots were fired. U.S. Marshal Service says that Ryan Hull had a gun and was, quote, threatening the lives of law enforcement officers. Uh, not yet known whether Ryan Hull actually fired shots at officers, although there's at least one eyewitness who says that he heard uh, the sound of gunshots for about 90 seconds or so. And then he saw Reinhold walk around a uh, vehicle before he was confronted by officers. That would suggest that perhaps there was an exchange of fire, uh, but we don't know that officially yet. What we do know, again, however, is that Reinhold was wanted on that murder charge, that uh, unlike Kyle Rittenhouse, he had not turned himself into police. He had gone to the press uh, to tell his story, uh, friendly press as well, uh, but that he had actually left uh, the Portland area, and uh, doesn't sound like he had any intention of turning himself in. Uh, not known whether he had spoken to police uh, at, at all during the past week. It doesn't appear like that was the case. Um, and we know, again, that uh, Reinhold had some previous run-ins with the law just over the course of the, the, the past summer. Uh, in July, Reinhold was arrested at a uh, protest in Portland, charged with uh, illegally possessing a firearm. Those charges were actually dropped by the Multnomah County DA's office on July the 30th, shortly before the current district attorney took office. He took office on August the 1st. We also know that back in June, Reinhold was arrested on multiple charges, including DUI and illegal gun possession, after he was uh, caught speeding, apparently racing his uh, 17-year-old son down an interstate in uh, rural Oregon when he was pulled over. Uh, police found uh, prescription pills that did not belong to him. They found a, a Glock handgun that uh, he was not allowed to have. Uh, and again, he's facing uh, multiple charges in that case. It's not known uh, whether or not a preliminary hearing had been held or what uh, Reinhold's bond was in that case. But uh, we do know that uh, that at least was an active case. Now, after the shooting of uh, Aaron Danielson, we don't really know where Reinhold went. We do know, again, that he popped up. On a Thursday afternoon, Vice News, about midday Thursday, started sharing on social media that they had an interview with Reinhold. It was going to air at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, 
ultimately again about an hour after Reinhold was shot. And they released a, a clip of this interview in which he said, you know, lots of lawyers suggest I shouldn't even be saying anything, but I feel it's important that the world at least gets a little bit of what's really going on. He said, I had no choice. He said, I mean, I had a choice. I could have sat there and watched them kill a friend of mine of color, but I wasn't going to do that. As we've talked about, that, that, that statement by Reinhold doesn't really fit what we've been able to see on video. The New York Times put together a really good uh, timeline, and I, I'm not one to praise the New York Times, but uh, I acknowledge good journalism when I see it. And they put together a really good timeline using uh, various, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, camera shots, cell phone video, things of that nature, uh, to try to piece together what had happened in the moments before that shooting. And what they said was that it looked like Reinhold and another individual walked across the street to confront Danielson, who was walking with his friend. Um, you heard one group say, uh, there's one right there, and then shots were fired. New York Times says uh, the video that they've seen, and it does kind of look like this, looks like uh, Aaron Danielson may have been pulling out uh, mace or pepper spray of something of some sort to, to, to spray at those individuals as they came closer. Uh, but as he began to spray, and again, as he began to spray, so he's not reaching into his pocket, he's pulled out of the mace, he's holding it, he starts to spray, and that's when the shots are fired. And that is when Aaron Danielson was killed. Uh, during the interview with the Vice, Reinhold had claimed that um, he was afraid that he and a friend were going to be stabbed. I, I don't know how that could have happened when there was an entire street separating uh, the uh, uh, four individuals, but that was Reinhold's claim. Now, we are starting to see, sadly, uh, attempts by the uh, far left, at least some on the far left, to lionize Reinhold, to turn him into a martyr. Take a look at some of these uh, tweets from social media. If only there was some sort of political party in opposition to Trump, an opposition party, if you will, with members who could hold some kind of public office that could condemn the federal government's blatant revenge execution of Michael Reinhold. That would be useful. Uh, then there's another one. Execution style. Please execute Michael Reinhold. Say his name. Uh, quoting a, uh, another tweet, four federal officers fired 30 to 40 shots to execute Michael Reinhold in his own vehicle as they snuck up on him because they, quote, heard he was carrying a gun. Washington is an open carry state. This was revenge. Well, first of all, they weren't sneaking up on Reinhold because they thought that he had a gun. They were waiting for him so they could arrest him on a murder warrant. Uh, and Reinhold does not appear to have been uh, able to legally possess that firearm. He certainly wasn't legally able to possess the uh, firearms that he possessed in Oregon because he was arrested and charged with uh, illegal gun possession or possessing that uh, gun illegally. Uh, let's see, here's another one. None of the shots were attributed to Reinhold, reportedly shot by four law enforcement officers acting on behalf of the federal team. This was not an attempted arrest. Witnesses described his murder as a drive-by shooting of the unarmed man. Well, he wasn't unarmed. We don't know at this point whether or not uh, Reinhold fired shots, although there's at least one eyewitness who suggests that uh, Reinhold did fire some shots. Uh, then there's this one. After the care police showed arresting Kyle Rittenhouse and other far-right shooters, it speaks volumes that they killed Michael Reinhold, the anti-fascist accused of a shooting in Portland last weekend. Fascists want civil war and cops have chosen a side. 
All right, I'm going to, you know, first of all, anybody they say who's not out there, you know, actively protesting on the side of Antifa is a quote unquote fascist. I, 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 so that would make me in their eyes a fascist. Well, I don't want civil war. I don't know anybody who does, quite honestly, except for the people who are taken to the streets calling for a revolution. They seem to be the ones who want conflict. They seem to be the ones who want a civil war. Most Americans, in fact, every American that I know, would like a return to normalcy. We'd like to get back to living our lives. We'd like an end to the economic shutdowns. We would like a a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. We would like our jobs back if we've lost our jobs over the last six months. But we're not necessarily interested in, uh, you know, a breakdown of civil society and a, a civil war that would rage from coast to coast across this country. In fact, I would say, if that's what you're hoping for, man, you got some issues. Because uh, civil wars and revolutions, the American Revolution, kind of the exception, in that it, it generally ended up where the revolutionaries wanted it to go. That is rarely the case. And even in the case of the American Revolution, by the way, the Articles of Confederation, which were put in place in 1776, you can say those were that, that was the revolutionary document. It lasted a decade. Then it was replaced by the U.S. Constitution. Uh, civil wars are a, a bad idea. Revolution in the United States at this point in time, especially for something like an end to capitalism, an absolutely horrific idea. But unfortunately, again, you've got these individuals who are invested in the narrative that uh, Michael Reinald was murdered, was executed. And again, we're seeing some some really just lies. I, I won't even I was gonna call it bad information. They're not it's not bad information. They're lies. Michael Reinhold was armed, according to law enforcement. Again, we don't know officially whether or not he fired shots, but there, there was at least one witness who talked to the New York Times who said he heard what sounded like 90 seconds or so of gunshots, and then he saw a man walk around the corner of a truck uh, pursued by officers who engaged him and, and fired the fatal shots. That would suggest that there was some sort of shootout between Reinhold and officers. Again, we don't know that for sure. So... One of the things that I'd like to see to try to tamp down on the martyrization of Michael Reinhold uh, is the release of any body cam footage that law enforcement might have. That is absolutely critical to stop the spread of disinformation, which we are seeing right now. Earlier today, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, D.C. Police Chief Peter Newsham. I was sitting in on WMAL's morning show with Vince Colonnese. And there was a shooting in D.C. earlier this week, and an 18-year-old Dion Kay shot and killed by police. And in the hours after that shooting, again, we saw the same type of, of disinformation. And uh, Chief Newsom even said, like, some of the things that, that, they, that, were, that were going around in the street, Dion Kay was a juvenile. He wasn't. He was 18. That Dion Kay was unarmed. He wasn't. He had a gun in his hand when he was shot by the uh, Metropolitan Police officer. Uh, that Dion Kay was shot in the back. He wasn't. He was shot in the chest by that Metropolitan Police Department officer. And Chief Newsom said, because of this misinformation, because of the the disinformation that was being spread, ramping up the anger and the rage towards police, they felt that it was incredibly important to get as much of the facts out there as possible. And one way to do that was to release that body cam footage. He said, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. You've got to redact some things. You've got to ensure, uh, you know, certain officer privacy. But they got it out within about 24 hours, actually a little bit less, I think, than 24 hours after that shooting occurred. 
And what that shooting, what that, that body cam footage shows in Washington, D.C. was Dion Kay running from police as police told him, stop, 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 drop the gun, stop, drop the gun. The officer gets in front of Kay. You see Kay pull out a gun. Uh, and as it gets to right about here, uh, a shot is fired, hitting Dion Kay's center mass. Uh, Kay threw the gun. Apparently, they found the gun about like 98 feet away uh, after he uh, threw the gun. We don't know whether Dion Kay was trying to uh, drop the gun uh, uh, instead of uh, pointing it at police officers. Uh, but we do know that he was running away. We do know that he had a gun in his hand. Uh, the investigation continues. And, and even you know Chief Newsom said, look, don't draw any final conclusions just from the release of, of this body cam footage. But we wanted to at least get some information out there while the investigation continues. Part of the problem right now is that we the people, we love to point fingers, by the way, at politicians. We love to point fingers at the other side. Let's talk about we the people for a second. We the people don't want to wait for the facts. We the people see this flood of information coming across our smartphones or our laptops every day. And it's really, really hard to, to tell yourself, hey, wait, 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 wait stop. I don't know if this is true. I, I don't know what the facts are. And it, I'll tell you what, it's really hard too when the media seems to be just as interested in promoting disinformation as, you know, randos or bots on Twitter. Uh, Chief Newsom in Washington, D.C. not only called out people who were using social media to post this disinformation, he called out journalists in D.C. for spreading this disinformation. We just saw a story posted at The Atlantic uh, yesterday accusing Donald Trump of saying some freakishly awful things about the military, about wounded warriors. And I saw all kinds of uh, blue checkmarked people on Twitter with hundreds of thousands of followers just bloop, 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 retweeting this as quickly as they could, adding their own uh, snarky comments when this story was based entirely on anonymous sources. Yeah, supposedly four of them, but not one of them would go on the record and say, yeah, I was in the room when I heard Donald Trump say this. And that, I think, is, is one of the most frustrating things of all. So I can sit here and I can say, look, we the people have to do a better job of using our critical thinking skills, of not just jumping to conclusions. I can say it and I can mean it, but damn it, it would be nice to have some help from journalists, from people who supposedly are, are, are there to report the facts. And we haven't seen that from journalists in quite some time. Again, go back to the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And almost immediately, you had people like Ayanna Presley, representative from Massachusetts, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, declaring that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. There was no media pushback on that. Instead, you've actually had, you know, uh, platforms like Facebook basically declare that you can't express any support for Kyle Rittenhouse. You, you can't say, hey, I think Kyle Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. That, that's a verboten opinion. This is a recipe for disaster. And I don't care what you think about the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting. I don't care what you think about what happened in Portland. I don't, I, 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 I don't care. What I care about is that there be one set of rules for both sides. And there's not. And that's one of the things I think that is stoking so much anger right now in this country is that each side can point to the other and say, look, you're getting away with something. And unfortunately, 
Again, it doesn't seem like it seems like there are very, very few adults in the room. Uh, and I worry about where this is taking us because I don't think it's taking us anywhere good. You know, I uh, encouraged uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown. Call out the National Guard. Be proactive about this. Get people out there because I think it's going to be a bad weekend in Portland. And I worry that it's going to be a bad weekend around the rest of the country. I don't know that uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown will do that. I hope she does. But, uh, you know, she's not exhibited any real leadership up to this point. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler uh, has been absolutely abysmal uh, in his leadership as well. And again, I think we are seeing the the the, the uh, rotten fruits uh, that, uh, you know, have come from this uh, bitter harvest uh, of these uh, Democrat governors and mayors and even folks on the right. I've got a story at Tiberian Arms. Just went up two individuals from Missouri who were arrested by federal authorities in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Apparently, they had gone there to uh, see what was going on uh, and brought along their guns and their ammo and, uh, you know, body armor. Both of these individuals, by the way, prohibited by law from possessing any firearms. So they're now facing federal firearms charges, looking at a possibility of 10 years in prison. I, I, I am not afraid to say that there are bad actors on both sides. I think we absolutely have to say that. And I also think we have to say that not everybody on the side that you disagree with is a bad actor. That there are people who are uh, taking to the streets right now, legitimately protesting, using their First Amendment rights. That there are people uh, on the right who are legitimately uh, defending their homes and their businesses, who legitimately want to see peace on the streets. I think we can also say that there are legitimately a lot of good police officers out there, and there are some who are not so great. We can say these things, but I rarely hear these things, even though I think that's where most of the country falls down, somewhere along those lines. I don't think most of the country has fallen into these extremes where uh, if you disagree 1%, uh, that all of a sudden you're now an enemy. But that seems I, I, that's what I, that's the impression that I get by uh, spending a lot of time on social media and, frankly, by listening, again, to far too many media figures, public officials. We are desperate for genuine um, uh, leadership and, and genuine de-escalation here. And I just don't think we're seeing it. So, again, I'm concerned about the uh, attempted martyrdom of uh, this uh, individual, uh, Michael Reinhold killed by a law enforcement uh, there in uh, Lacey, Washington on Thursday. I don't think that that uh, martyrdom takes us to a good place. And frankly, I don't think that he is worthy of being a martyr. This is somebody who uh, talked about on social media violence uh, being necessary, that yes, there would be people killed, but uh, again, at the, end of the, at the end of it all, you know, it's the old Stalin adage. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Well, we're not talking about eggs. We're not talking about omelets. We're talking about our country. We're talking about our neighbors. We're talking about our family members. And we are pretty broken right now. Like Humpty Dumpty, I hope that we can be put back together again. But it is, um, it's going to take we the people to do that. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I really hate to leave on this cheery note. But if we don't start taking those steps to try to put ourselves back together again, what's going to happen is that the freedoms that we hold dear 
our, our, our right to speak our mind, our right to keep and bear arms, they're going to disappear. Because the conflict and the chaos will cause a lot of Americans to say, aha, that's the trouble. Too much liberty. People getting away with too much stuff. As gun owners, we uh, you know look back to the 1960s. Sometimes uh, the Mulford Act we brought up, uh, particularly by gun control supporters. Well, what about Reagan? He supported the Mulford Act. Yeah, he did. I think it was a mistake. But, you know, again, in the chaotic uh, days of the late 1960s, there were a lot of people who were willing to make that that sacrifice of liberty in exchange for the false promise of increased security. I'm not sure that we, the people, have become much wiser since then. I think it'd be an awful idea to give up our freedoms in the name of security, but we've done it before, and we could do it again. So again, on that cheery note, I hope that you have a good Labor Day weekend, uh, and I hope and pray that uh, you are safe, that you are well, and that you will join me on Monday as we uh, continue this discussion here on Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company on YouTube. Just go to Town Hall Media. You can subscribe right there. Also, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get your fine podcasts, that's where you can find this one. I don't know how they let us in, but uh, but we're there amidst the fine podcasts that are out there. Bearing Arms Cam and Company, just look for that. I am loath to close, as uh, Abraham Lincoln once said. We are not enemies, no matter how much we might see each other as enemies. We are all still Americans. I really hope we can find a way to at least come together and agree on that. I wish I were more optimistic. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. 